Shabbat Shalom. This week's parsha is entitled Bushalach, which means when he sent, and covers Exodus chapter 13, verse 17, to chapter 17, verse 16. When he sent refers to Pharaoh letting the Israelis depart from Egypt after the 10th plague, the death of the firstborn. After their release, the Lord does not lead the Israelis in a direct route toward their final destination, as that would have taken them through the land of the Philistines. And the Lord knew that a battle at this time would cause a change of heart and a longing to return to Egypt. The Lord's viewpoint was to be proven correct, even at a later time, when the spies came back with their report about the promised land and the people desired a return to Egypt. Unfortunately, time and time again during the wilderness journey, the people's memory of the magnificent saving grace of the Lord would be short as they faced a wilderness hardship, and their memories of the hardships of Egypt would turn into a longing for the supposed good times they had there. In chapter 14, the Lord tells Moses to camp at Pihahiroth, which makes it seem like they are wandering aimlessly and are hemmed in by the desert land, and that Pharaoh's heart will be hardened one last time, and he will pursue the Israelis to capture them and return them to slavery in Egypt. The Lord tells Moses that he will do this so that the glory of the Lord will be demonstrated and that all people, even the Egyptians, will know of the true God. Pharaoh does indeed pursue the wandering Israelis with his army and 600 chariots and catches up to them near the Red Sea. The people tremble as they see the Egyptian army approach. The Lord tells Moses to raise his staff and the mighty Red Sea divides so that the people can go across on dry land. The pillar of cloud that had been leading the people forward moves to the rear to hover between the Egyptians and the people so that the army cannot approach. As the last of the Israelis cross, the Egyptian army is allowed to pursue and they rush into the Red Sea to cross on the dry land like the people did. However, the Lord throws this army into confusion and also makes it so that it is difficult for the chariot wheels to travel. Thus, the Egyptian army struggles to cross, and once they are trapped, the Lord tells Moses to stretch his arm over the water once again, and the water flows back, trapping and obliterating the Egyptians. This demonstration of the mighty power of the Lord causes Yurat Adonai, the fear of the Lord to come upon the people. In chapter 14, verse 31, and safely on the other side of the Red Sea, the people sing what is known as the Song of Moses. This song can be summarized in the following two great simple truths. The God of Israel is the only God. Number two, man cannot save himself. Salvation comes from God. The Song of Moses also contains the great Mihamocha prayer, which we often pray at Shema in chapter 15, verse 11, and begins with, Who is like you among the gods, O Lord? As the people continue their journey in chapter 16, we find that it is the 15th day of the second month after their departure from Egypt. Again, 
The collective memory of the people fails as their hunger in the wilderness causes them to think back to all the pots of meat and all the bread that they ate to the full back in Egypt. For those of us who can look back on the time of the Egyptian bondage with more clarity, we know that the rations for those in bondage were meager at best. Time and again, this will happen to the Israelis. A hardship like lack of water or food or an approaching army causes them to lose trust in the living God and think back to their time of Egyptian bondage with fond and pleasant memories. The Lord provides for the people, sending manna in the morning and quail for meat in the evening. In a way, chapter 16 can be compared in a way to the idyllic setting in the Garden of Eden before the arrival of the serpent. In a safe setting, away from other peoples, the Lord provides a sanctuary where he cares for the Israelis. This will be a momentary respite before they continue on in their journey. The Lord uses this time to again show the Israelis his loving kindness towards his people and his expectations for the kind of worship and observance he expects from them. For example, in chapter 16, verse 22, the people are given the command to observe the Sabbath for the first time. On the sixth day, a double portion of food will be provided and gathered, but no food is to be gathered on the seventh day. Despite this command to rest on the seventh day, there are people that are out trying to gather food, none of which is available. Causing the Lord to state in verse 28, how long do you refuse to keep my commandments and my instructions? After more grumbling in chapter 17 due to a lack of water and the Lord once again providing, the Israelis come to their first real test in the wilderness journey the battle with the Amalekites. This time, the people engage in the fight, and as long as Moses' arms are raised, the Israelis are victorious. But when Moses' arms get tired and his arms drop, the Amalekites gain the other hand. Finally, Aaron and Hur support Moses' arms in the raised position, and Joshua and the Israelis are victorious. Due to this attack by Amalek, the king of the Amalekites on Israel, just after leaving Egypt, the Lord proclaims that Amalek, his descendants, and their memory must be blotted out, a command that will not be followed by King Saul in 1 Samuel chapter 15. And this failure will begin Saul's downfall and eventual replacement by King David. So, what does Parsha Bushalach teach us? Well, first, we can see the parallel that we have in our own lives in terms of the trust that the Israelis had in God. They saw great miracles. They're provided with amazing sustenance, and still they grumble that their past slavery would have been better. I know I see this in my own life, where I have these lapses of fully trusting the Lord, I am thankful for this reminder in today's Parsha. There is only one man in history who took upon the hardships and difficulties of this world without complaint and fully trusted in our God. That is 
Messiah Yeshua, who took upon himself the greatest challenge of all, overcoming sin and death to allow a path towards restoration and reconciliation with Adonai himself. If you are here today and you have not put your trust in Messiah, I pray that this would be the day that you do that so that your wilderness journey in this world will not always remain in the wilderness, but have a final destination point, which is the promised land of the new Jerusalem in heaven. Shabbat Shalom.